You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them chemtrails in the sky. <laughs> Grand rising, everyone. Welcome to the day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. I want to welcome you to a terrific Tuesday. I'm so excited for my guests who are in the building. We got Quabi. Many of y'all may know him by the Peace Bus. We're going to be getting into it, everything that he has going on in the community and how he's bringing peace to us all. And I'm also excited because I got Miss Lou Rochelle in the building, y'all. She is going to be telling us all about this amazing event that she has coming up. So y'all know it's going to be time. Strap your seatbelts right now. Get ready for some inspiring stories. But of course, it is the top of the show, y'all. So it's a great time to tag and share the stream. Yes, you participate with us. Go ahead, tag and share this stream with folks who you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on The Day with Trey. If you cannot watch our TV show, we surely have you covered. You can listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. And I do mean anywhere. Just search for us, y'all. Converge Media and The Day with Trey. You'll find us on Google, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Apple Music, whichever platform is your favorite. Go ahead and search for us and you'll find us there. Well, I'm excited because, you know, uh, months ago, somebody asked me if I knew this brother and I'm like, no. And then the next thing you know, I got the opportunity to get to know him. And now he's here on the show. What's up, Kwabi? What's going on, Trey? Thank you so much for having me on the show today. (laughs) Yeah, no, thank you for being here. This is exciting for me because I always love to hear the background of Mm. what got somebody to do what they do. But before I even get to it, I got to see you out there with your peace bus. Tell us more about about your background what got into what got you to do this work and for me peace is everything so mm. i'm already intrigued gotcha and the bus already zapped me in yeah tell we, us more we met at the hilltop street fair yeah a couple maybe a week a week two yeah, weeks a ago a few weeks ago yeah. yeah and i had my bus out there and it was a pleasure to meet you and you know you're excited to meet me and i was excited to meet you and the bus yeah the peace bus this is sort of what um where i got started right yeah um, I started doing peace work in 2019, right? And I was inspired by a few amazing gentlemen uh, through history, throughout history, Martin Luther King being one, another one being A.B. Nathan. Have you heard of A.B. Nathan? A.B. Nathan. Okay, yeah. tell us more. So A.B. Nathan, his heyday was like the 50s and 60s, and he was an Israeli humanitarian, and he had a peace ship that he had in the Mediterranean Sea. And he would invite people from all around the world to come to his ship and have conversations and dialogue about peace. And he was good friends with John Lennon. And that's all he did. He had a radio station on his ship and he played good music. And I thought, well, okay, if Amy's going to have a peace ship, I think I want to have a peace bus. And I created this vehicle as a means towards promoting the most important thing in the entire world. And that is peace. And since I've created it, I've done a lot of different humanitarian campaigns. What I mean by that, I I call it local humanitarian aid. Because when we think of humanitarian aid, we may think of, you know, Asia or going to uh, Africa, which that is. People helping these places is humanitarian aid. But people need help right here in the United States. 
People need help right here in Tacoma and Seattle. Yeah, seriously. So I use my vehicle in order to do local humanitarian aid. And I've done various humanitarian campaigns since I started in 2019. And now, wow, we're in 2023. And I think it, it may be 11 or 12 humanitarian campaigns since wow. then. So I do that. I help people in need. But I also use my platform to talk about peace with other people. And that's what my life is dedicated to, humanitarianism and talking about peace. Well, this is a beautiful, beautiful subject for you to have settled on, Kwabi, because I talk about peace all the time. Okay. First off, and I will say this, our ancestors, this ancestral understanding that we are essentially peace, like, right? We are all come from the same being, that being is actually, the nature is peace. And so the, the idea is that you have been utilizing a peace kind of structure and format mm -hmm. to really bring about humanitarian aid and to gather folks around peace is phenomenal to me. And I agree with you 100%. It is the number one fundamental Thank thing you. we need in the world. Uh, what kind of ways have people been able to tap into what you're doing so that this is kind of spreading in the ways that they're able to benefit and also contribute? Yeah. I, amplification has been a big thing. You know, like me just being on your show right now is helping. Um, honestly, the thing I love the absolute most is when people DM me and have conversations about peace with me, or they call me, or I see them on the street and they're like, oh, you're that peace bus guy, right? And I'm like, yeah. And then we have a, a, a very natural, organic conversation about what peace means to them. And even before I had the bus, I was going to different nations around the world, talking to people about peace. I made two posters. One said, war is not the answer, say no to violence. The other one said, love and uh, peace and justice for all. And I'd go to different countries and just talk to people. That's my favorite thing because I'm not an expert on the subject of peace. I don't know really who is, but we can do as we all should be doing. It's always the best time to learn each and every day. So I'm out here trying to learn more about what this concept of peace is because it's the most important thing. If you ask anyone on the street what they wanted in life, peace is going to be in the top three things. So my job is to educate myself on what those things are in hopes to create an overall consensus of the idea and promote it as big as possible. I, I think this is phenomenal, honestly, and kudos to you and all that you're doing to bring this out. You know, one of the things that uh, I work in the community with is called the covenant. And we have 17 principles that are like we statements that solidify what it means to be in community together. But Essentially, there really are bringing about the essence that we need to be kind of loving beings, be yeah. peaceful and kind to one another and really raise each other up in the ways in the best ways that we can. But it's also it goes back. I, I keep thinking of this as you're talking to ancient practices, which understood that we were all a part of this like kind of one entity. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we can share in, a, in an abundance of when we're all pouring into it. Uh, when you think about the next five years, you know, 10 years, I mean, what are some of those big things that you're really wanting to do or some of those, you know, maybe pillars of the work that you see moving forward? Gotcha. Is this, this the camera I'm looking at right here? This one closest to me. I will be in the sky by 2025. This one right here. Right here? Yeah. Oh, boom. Okay. <laughs> Everyone listening, attention. I will be in the sky by 2025 to fly the greatest flight in the history of humankind. I'm talking about the peace plane. Yes. Wow. So right now I'm in flight school. I'm just about done. And I hope to have a vehicle, the peace plane, and fly for peace 
to raise awareness of the major inhibitors of peace being poverty, racism, and lack of quality education for our youth. That if we're trying to create a more peaceful society, we have to look at these inhibitors of peace and dismantle them. If we truly do want to create a peaceful society, and I think having such a a, a big uh, moment of flying for peace can get people who had never thought of thinking about peace to get them, you know, engaged in trying to learn how we can create a more peaceful society. Because, you know, I'm not in the business of, you know, convincing folks that already know that peace is the way. I'm trying to convince folks who are on the fence, you know, that this is the way to go. Oh, my gosh. Sign me up as an ambassador for the peace (laughs) plane. This is fantastic. And it also breaks down the barriers, right? Like, I mean, our digital world already does that, right? We say, you know, people are like a a screen away now at this point. But to be in different spaces, to really have these much needed talks around peace, because it may mean different things to other people. But how do we get to a general consensus where now we can devise the plan for peace right. on a global scale. And so I love this concept of the peace plane. I love how you're infusing, you know, modes of transportation to keep yes. it mobile. Right. Um, I get it a hundred percent. I get it a hundred percent. When you think about some of the ways that people locally are able to tap in now, uh, you know, what, what kind of ways, I mean, you're, you're obviously your peace bus is around. How do they stay engaged with the work that you're doing? Yeah. Uh, follow me on Instagram at the peace bus. Or they can add me on uh, Facebook. Just type in my name and add me. I'll follow you back. Um, uh, You know, texting, calling, and uh, going to events that I, you know, put on. I'm going to be, I haven't announced it yet. This is actually the first time. This is, you know, the the, uh, first announcement. But I'm going to be having an event for my uh, next humanitarian campaign I'm launching called Peace in West Africa. So next month, I'm going to be taking a journey of a lifetime and traveling to Ghana, West Africa, where I'll be going to orphanages to give out hundreds of books for free. Then I'll be going to communities in need that are experiencing food insecurity and giving away tons and tons of bags of rice because rice goes a long way. So anyone who is interested in helping with this campaign, they can go to my up-and-coming event. I don't know when it's going to be, but, you know, stay tuned on that. If you want to follow me on Instagram, then you'll know when it is. Oh, my goodness. Y'all follow the Peace Bus on Instagram. Get plugged in to an amazing way to always see yourself as a part of the solution. That's my moniker. I utilize this platform to really inspire and encourage folks to do what they can to see themselves as a part of the solution. And Kwabi, I got to thank you. 100% 100% for already doing that, for Thank doing you. the work to see yourself as a part of the solution. I can't wait to continue to build with you. This is a platform for you. So if you ever have, the, when you're ready to launch that campaign, let okay. me know. We'll have you back on. We'll talk all about it. And we'll make sure that the people out there know how to stay plugged in with you. Kwabi, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's been splendid. Appreciate yeah, it. pure pleasure. Wow. Y'all, there we go. I mean, we're going to start this off right, obviously, with peace. We're going to continue because Miss Lou Rochelle is going to bring her peaceful nature right here to the set right after this short break. Y'all stay tuned. You're watching The Day with Trey. I think my pieces of advice would be come in with humility, enjoy your passion, um, and be ready to work. Those are my three things. I think... If you don't have, if you think your product is perfect and you may not need to adjust, you're gonna, your product's gonna die quickly because the world adjusts, people adjust. You need to always be thinking about your customer and what they want. So you may have an idea of what you like, but you gotta move that to what the customer likes also. And two, um, 
just enjoy your job. I love what I do. It is hard. I love what I do. Uh, it's hard and there's, you're fighting mother nature and you're fighting inflation and all these other things. Um, but I think it's made me a better human being. And thirdly, like be ready to work. Don't be lazy. Like just do the research, get a mentor. Like, you know, that also goes with being humble, like find somebody who's done it and then work with them to help you be the best version of yourself. Big Tobacco thinks they know everything. They think they know you, your community, the places you go, the way that you spend your time. They think they got you all figured out, down to a formula, a calculation based off of numbers of what they think they know. Show them they're wrong. Learn more at theythinktheyknowyou.org. I learned about the ANU program through many different community organizations. The program, um, they're very good at making sure that you meet the right people. My favorite part would have to be the community building um, and also the volunteer opportunities as well. I've been working on my physical health a lot more. I've been intentional about that and they're very big on that. I'm still learning how transformational it is um, because there's just so much opportunity. It's a great program and they will support you. Visit the link at the end of this video to learn more. Welcome back, everyone, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. Joining me right now is Ms. Lou Rochelle, a powerhouse in our community. Hi. Hi. <laughs> How are you today? I'm so good. I can't even believe it. Oh, well, I'm so Happy glad to that be you're here. here with you. We've been talking about all the work you do in community for some time now, you and I, but I'm so grateful to have you on the platform today on the show. You have a, a great event that's coming up. And before we get to it, I just I just want you to lay out some of the ways that you have been such a community advocate, a resource, an amazing elder and so much more. You have poured so much into uh, this entire community. Just tell us about some of the ways that you've been dedicating yourself to this. And well, to professionally, I have been working in racial equity for the last 30 plus years. And uh, people say, do you get paid for do that, doing that work? And I tell my clients, yes, because I have to pay my therapist <laughs> after you finish working me over. <laughs> so that's one way. But in my community, I'm active in my church. I'm active in a lot of African-American organizations. I'm, I'm an active uh, member of the Pacific Northwest African-American Quilters. Um, I do some work with Dr. Mims on in some community conversations that you yes. put together. Yes, ma'am. Uh, and then I do my work with Sister Cities. I take delegations to Africa. We've gone, we've taken five delegations, and I've gone to Africa 17 times to wow. do the work that calls to my heart. Well, this is so phenomenal. And I think it's right on par with, you know, what Kwabi was just saying in terms of the peace plane. Yes. I mean, you've been doing uh, so much work that's in the same kind of vein as all of that work that he's talking about doing. Um, and, and when you think about the importance of us staying connected to the continent, this is something that you've been doing for a long time, but also you've been able to take other people. Uh, they have gone on trips. You have been able to share your experience. Is why do you do that work and why is it important for us? You know, there's a, a, a saying that's attributed to Kwame Nkrumah, which says, We are African, not because we were born in Africa, but because Africa was born in us. Mm. 
And that just, the first time I heard it, it just settled in my spirit as the absolute truth. Uh, I was raised by what I call race people who loved the fact that they were African-American. Back then they were called colored, but they always said that there were things in Africa that tied us to Africa and that we should be proud of that. I had a social studies teacher in my little high school in Naples, Texas, who uh, during the liberation movements in Africa would tell us all about the people who were liberating their countries from European control. And uh, when I went away to graduate school, Alex Haley had written Roots. And a friend and I just felt like that was what we needed to do to be connected. So I, I, I'm trying to think of a time when I didn't feel connected to Africa. Yeah, yeah. Th- this it's is just... beyond. But because I think we need to understand that that connection is so key to uh in a, in a sense, it's like our to our own liberation. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And, and so tell us more about the work of Sister Cities. So Seattle has 20 sister cities, two in Africa. Uh, our sister city is Lembe, Cameroon. Most people don't know where Cameroon is, so they certainly don't know where Lembe is, but it's West Central Africa. Mm-hmm. And the other one is Mombasa, Kenya. So those are our two African sister cities. They're sister cities all over the uh, the rest of the world as well for Seattle. Uh, and all cities, many cities in, in the United States have sister cities all over the world. Um, I began uh, as co-president of Seattle Limbe Sister City about eight years ago. And uh, we, because I had traveled to Kenya for six visits. I knew what some of the struggles were for that particularly impact girls and women. And one of those was menstrual care. And so one of the things that we wanted to do is to get that to be a household topic. So I I talk about periods to men (laughs) and I say, you can say period and the world will still go around on its axis. (laughs) Nothing will happen. I had one man who comes to our sewing circle to make the menstrual kits. I'll talk to you about that in a second. But he said, Lou Rochelle, I've been practicing. I I think I can say it. (laughs) I said, okay, let's go for it. And he says, So he was still struggling, but we have a great time. I say that talking about periods needs to be a household word Mm -hmm. because if you don't have periods, you don't have people. Mm, True. So anyone should be able to talk about that. So that's one of the things that we do in our sister city. And the way we do that is to create reusable, sustainable, washable menstrual care kits that last three years. Wow. And we've so far taken 8,563 kits to Africa to help girls stay in school. Otherwise, they get exploited by men who say, you give me sexual favors and I'll give you money to buy menstrual products. Or they stay home because they don't have the products. Or they use uh, materials that are not safe for them, mattresses, mattress stuffing and corn husks and anything they can find to work with them, their periods. Uh, So we want to change that and we're doing it one girl at a time. Uh, So that's one of the things that we do. The other is clean water. Mm. Uh, We, 
I love to drink water. So when I go someplace and I see what people are drinking and how many diseases are caused by waterborne diseases that could be prevented if people just had clean water. So last year at the Limbe Regional Hospital, we worked with five local Seattle rotaries and the Limbe Rotary to install a water storage facility at the Limbe Regional Hospital, 30,000 liter water storage and a well that we dug. So they get clean water that pipes up into the storage. And in Cameroon, they outside of a, when people dig, a, well, they call it a borehole, we call it a well. Uh, when people uh, build, a, dig a borehole, they, outside their fence or their gate, they put what they call a stand tap. We would call it a faucet. And children can come and gather water there rather than down at the creek or the river where cows and whatever else might find its way. So um, this one stand tap outside of the well that we had dug will, is servicing now five neighborhoods. Wow. So the kids come there and get clean water and take it home. And we just want to keep doing those water projects. And the other thing that we do is we pay the salaries for two nurses at a rural clinic in Cameroon. This is phenomenal work, Lou Rochelle, and, and I have such a personal experience with this work because I was in Mombasa and I was working on water projects. And so uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I know. So as you're talking, I'm like, this is phenomenal. I was there studying environmental science and ah, sustainability. Uh -huh. And one of the like my actual project that I got to really focus on was water and did my whole report on water because I was so intrigued by the the ways that um, leaders in some of these countries uh, utilize and wield their power. And so one of the villages uh, that I was in was experiencing, they said, oh yeah, they'll, you know, they'll just cut the water off and we have to get this private supply because the, the private supplier is in the pocket of the government. So they will just sometimes shut down our water and we have to actually buy water from, you know, this m one company that's now been monopolized, right? So it was, it was intriguing to me because I was like, oh my goodness, I wouldn't even think of something like that coming from America where I could just go home, turn on my tap, even though we, we don't, a lot of us don't even drink tap water, but we got access to it, yes. right? We could boil yes. it. We could get it cool. We could do a lot of things to clean it ourselves, but the access being cut off from the access to water was eye opening for me. And I just in enjoyed being in Mombasa. It was my first time back to the motherland. So yes. I, I, when I tell you, I'm excited because I yes. need to come on one of these trips with y'all. We have great fun. Yeah. Well, th <laughs> well, this is also, it's for me, it's like, how do we get young people to see that this is what other countries and people are dealing with? And I remember the young people in the village that I was in going down to the well, and that was just a part of their chores. That's, That's just what they do. And yeah. I was like, my sons need to see this. I mean, you know, y'all, all I'm telling you to do is clean up your room and wash some dishes. You know, you need to see the dedication yeah. of young people giving back to their family. Absolutely. So tell us more about this amazing event y'all are throwing. Well, all of the work that we do takes money. Yeah. 
And so we are raising funds so that we can build a water system in a neighborhood in Limbe. So this was at, the first one was at a hospital. Now we want to uh, build one at, at a neighborhood. And we have people who are doing the research to see what's the best neighborhood. And, you know, you have to be sure that it's a neighborhood that needs water, not a neighborhood that has the prestige of having water. Yeah. But so we have a person on the ground. We pay his salary so that he can help us maintain the kind of integrity with the work that we are trying to do in, in Limbe. So our, our uh, event will be on the 30th of September from 1 to 3 at First AME Church in the Fellowship Hall, and we're calling it A Taste of Africa. So we have uh, an Ethiopian chef whose food is delicious. Uh, he's doing the catering for us. We have a fashion show by Gaston Gear, and we have a video that will show the kinds of work that we have been doing. Uh, one of the members of First AME is a former amb ambassador African-American man who speaks five languages, three fluently, and has a 30-plus year career as a, a diplomat and uh, was ambassador in Southern Africa. And he's going to give a brief presentation. We have uh, wonderful baskets that people can bid on. And we have two tickets. People can buy an opportunity to win two tickets, round trip tickets, any place Alaska Airline flies. And that's worth $2,500. So our goal is to raise awareness, increase fellowship among people, and get the money to do the kind of work that we do. Now, I, I say raise awareness among people. Our work is done cross-culturally. Uh, I believe that you, if you don't talk to people at home, why would you go all the way around the world to talk to people? Mm -hmm. So uh, before COVID, we met at my church, which is First AME Church on Capitol Hill. We met at uh, a, a synagogue in North Seattle, and a mosque in Monroe, and a Catholic church in North Seattle. So we would go from place to pay place to create these menstrual care kits together, and we'd sit and talk to people. So if you think about it, the way we build peace is to get to know each other. And that's our goal, so that, you know, we build these artificial barriers. I can't talk to you because you're Protestant, and I'm Muslim, and you're black and I'm Asian and, you know, and we, those are just ridiculous barriers that human beings have created. And our role in life is to dismantle those, get people talking to each other so that Kwabi won't have to have a peace bus. <laughs> it's all of us pouring into the it same is. pot. I love it this is. so much. As people are out there wanting to know how they get plugged into this event, uh, look right there in that camera closest to me. How do they get their tickets? How do they show up? They go on our website at Seattle Limbe, and Limbe is spelled L-I-M-B-E, seattlelimbe.org. You just either buy a ticket to try to win those uh, airline tickets, or you come to the event. The event is $50. The tickets are $50, or you can give a donation, and we appreciate whatever donation you feel led to do to 
Help us give peace a chance. All right on, right on. And definitely giving peace of mind to all those young women receiving those menstrual kits and all of the folks receiving these water services. Lou Rochelle, thank you so much for your work. My pleasure. Oh, my word. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. My children always say, oh, please don't mention Africa. (laughs) We'll be here all day. Thank you for setting a time limit for me. (laughs) Absolutely. My pleasure. And it was so great to have you here. Anytime you have updates, just keep me informed. Thank you. I will do that. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Y'all, what an amazing day with my guest today. I'm going to wrap all of this up right after this short break. Stay tuned. You're watching The Day with Trey. One in every 500 African-Americans in the U.S. suffers from sickle cell disease. One in three African-American blood donors is a match for patients with sickle cell. One, appointment to donate blood with the American Red Cross can help save a life. Will you be that one? Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood today to schedule an appointment at a location near you. The new COVID-19 updated booster provides the best protection available right now. So don't wait. Stay safe this summer and get your updated booster today. To find a free vaccine provider near you, go to kingcounty.gov forward slash vaccine. So the advice that I would give to anybody coming into really any space is always keeping an eye out for the people that are doing the thing that you want to do and seeking them out and just asking them for a cup of coffee, asking to meet and connect with them in some way, because more often than not, those are the people that want to help you and want to uplift you and figure out a way to provide you support. So even if they don't have the answer, they can help you find somebody, but also they're helping you write the first few chapters of your story. And I think that that is the most important thing. Like you don't know what you don't know coming into that space. And you have to be unafraid to ask those questions and really trust yourself and lean in hard. You know, you're going to make mistakes. That's going to happen. It is inevitable. It is a part of life. But what matters is what you learn from that, what the takeaway is and how you push forward. Welcome back everyone to the day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. I'm just so inspired y'all by my guests. Huge shout out to both of them. Sir Quabi for being in the building with the peace bus and y'all heard him talking about eventually the peace plane. So we're going to be giving him all the positive energy as he finishes up his pilot license work. And also a huge shout out to Ms. Lou Rochelle for being with me talking more about Sister City and Limbe, Cameroon, you know, and the work that they're doing there, as well as the work they're doing in Mombasa. You know, for me, y'all, it's always about elevating the work that others are doing in our community. So we can all be inspired to see ourselves as a part of the solution. Clearly, the work that my guests are doing is in these different ways, but also very much centered around helping others. And so whatever it is that you are inspired to do, whatever is that passion within you, find your way to be a part of the solution as both of my guests have today. Y'all know I'm inspired and I'm excited to continue giving y'all inspiring stories and sharing them right here on The Day with Trey. For me, y'all, thank you so much for watching and until tomorrow at 11 a.m. Peace. Converge.
Irish Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.